Welcome once again to Benchwork, a podcast designed to provide you with knowledge, experiences, tools, and ideas about venture capital, entrepreneurship, and finance. Interviews and conversations with top-notch global experts will take place every week, hosted by me, Hector Shibata, Director of Investments and Portfolio at Daisy Ventures, a global corporate venture capital fund, an associate professor for entrepreneurial finance and venture capital. Don't forget to follow us for more content on Medium, LinkedIn, and Twitter as ACB underscore BC. With no more to say, hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And we have a great speaker, Diego Livanio. Diego, thank you so much for being today with us. So, Diego. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you, Diego. Diego, he's a, he, he has a great experience. He's from Brazil. He has been investor and he's also entrepreneur. Currently, he founded Merced Dubairo in, in Brazil. So, let's start with the fire chat, Diego. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself, a little about your background, please? Sure. Uh, trying to say very quickly about my life and um, and my uh, startups. I'm I'm serial entrepreneur, so it's my Mercedes Bayer, who is my fifth startup. I started in a college, my first startup when I was a course in computer engineering, uh, and uh, basically. Um, I, I combined with other friends and we, we started this, this first business that helped people to find physical products. Uh, later on, I spent a period as a strategy consultant inside of Accenture, where I could learn more about business and strategy and especially big companies. And uh, later on, I decided to, to found my second startup. It was a business that connected people inside of events and then we become very close of uh, big uh, beverage groups like in InBev. And uh, it was in the moment that they were starting an area called ZX Ventures. That's a, a, a disruptive arm inside of ZX Ventures and uh, with focus on VC. And basically they invited me to be part of this, this, uh, this project, being part of the founding team. And then I had the opportunity to co-found business with uh, AB Bev Capital. So I could found uh, Behoppy, that's a, a digital sommelier that later on we merged with a, a American company. And I also co-found Z Delivery. Uh, that's basically a beverage delivery. I was co-CEO of both of this business until uh, the first year. And then I became 100% CEO of Z Delivery. The delivery uh, grows a lot, like after our validation in, uh, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, we start to grow to other capitals and then we, we expand to, to Mexico, to Argentina, to Bolivia. In Mexico, it was with the name Pepe Delivery uh, uh, inside of Modelo. And uh, later on, it, uh, it was part of Modelorama. Uh, and basically I, I became there until the beginning of 2019 as the global CEO. And uh, later on, I decided to, to start an independent company. So I, I started to research around the world to know what could be a, a great idea for, for Latin America. 
And then I, I start uh, with Guilherme, my co-founder, uh, uh, Mercedes Bairro. That's uh, a virtual retail chain. So our, our vision is to be the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest retail chain, but without assets. The same way that uh, Uber is the, the biggest transportation company without the cars, we would like to be the biggest uh, supermarket chain, but without the supermarket actually. So just being, uh, just giving technology for the, the small corner stores and, and put them under uh, a tech company. Wow, that's that's an amazing story, Diego. Uh, the five startup, it's 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 amazing. So typically, as an entrepreneur, how do you think about yourself? How do you think about a problem? How do you come up with a real problem in order to start crafting the solution uh, that that will become in a startup? Sure, I think as an entrepreneur, uh, we are always understanding uh, the inefficiency of the system for everything. So I remember when I was starting my 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 startup, any any of them, I was like with the with the eyes very open for everything uh, in my life. So every problem that I passed through my life, and I, I saw people passing through through their lives, I was paying attention and thinking how it could be better. Uh, how it could be easier, uh, how uh, I could add value for, for those people. So I believe uh, that, that's the point of being uh, an entrepreneur. It's like even uh, uh, a corporate entrepreneur or even uh, a classic entrepreneur. So th this is the point, how to, how to contest the things every time and how to think how the, the things could be better every time, you know? So I believe this is the, the, the core. Okay, and, and, and you know, as, as, you build, as you build the company, what would you say these are the, the, you know, the key steps in order to build the company? You mean in order to open a company or yes. in order to decide what, what the company will be? Well, in order to decide and in order to open and start running the business. Okay, so a great question. So uh, especially because when I was starting Mercedes Bayhome, I would like to repeat some mistakes that I made in the past. So it's commonly that as an entrepreneur, you are learning with uh, with your mistakes uh, on the decision of the business. And I I think that one of very common mistakes is being love for your first idea, you know, and start it and go jump 100% on it very quickly. So I decide to have a process to, to understand and to learn about a lot of different business model and then decide which one I would, I would choose. So I spent three months just open the, the ideas. So understanding new models and then three more, uh, more months just closing and going deep in a few models. So, uh, so for, for me, it was very clear the, the, the characteristics Characteristics and uh, the issues that I, I would uh, I would I need to understand deeply. For example, the size of the market, how big is the pain for 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 the people that are living it? How big are the margins and the inefficiency uh, inside of this this uh, this model? Um, considering the the uncombat competitors, so also uh, understand how how much tech could. Uh, could disrupt this this kind of business and 
home tech is uh, something that would uh, uh, leverage the, this industry. Uh, the trends, the global trend, it's very important. Like uh, I remember that I read a lot of things about the, the uh, World Economic Forums like understanding uh, if uh, if it's a, a great trend or if it's not. And of course that it's very important to understand if you like it, if you are connected with the proposal of it. Uh, of course that not always you will be 100%, but uh, of course that it needs to be something that, uh, that uh, like, it, it moves you, you know? So, because you will have a lot of problems when you jump in. So you need to be sure that you want to solve this problem. So to be connected with the problem and uh, with uh, the customers, uh, it's something very important as well. Okay. And, and you know, as you build the company, obviously you need capital in order to develop the business. Uh, how, how complicated or how easy is to raise capital, let's say for the first startup that you are building vis-a-vis right now that you're racing for Mercedes Bayro? Oh, good question. So I believe it, it depends a lot, being very honest. It depends uh, about a lot of things. It could be very, very hard and it could be like quite easy stuff. Of course, that's, it will not be very easy, but it could be quite easy depending on the, the circumstance. So I could measure uh, some circumstance here. For example, your track record, could count a lot. If you already uh, build some things, you, if you prove the, your, your, uh, your power to execute, uh, it's something that counts. Your team counts a lot. If you have the right people, if you have experienced people, uh, your networks count a lot because the way that you approach people counts. The stage of the business, the stage if it's just uh, ideation, so something just that's just an idea in your mind, it's much harder uh, than when you already have something in your hands and when you have results, for example, or validation in your hands. The business model counts uh, and the market. Uh, and of course, that the world moment counts. For example, if you are raising money during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, it could be very, very hard because everybody is afraid about what's happening. But uh, for example, if you are, uh, if you're raising after the, the sixth first month of pandemic, you saw that the, the, the companies that are really, really could stand uh, and really could grow during this pandemic were the, the tech companies. So the world and the markets are looking for new tech companies. So the market become very hot. So it would be much easier during this period. It's like six months later, the beginning of the pandemic, because like I said, the results of the tech company were, were very good. So things, uh, things like it could change a lot, the, the difficulty to raise money, you know? So it depends a lot, being very honest. And, and, and typically at the very, at the early stages of a startup, typically people raise capital from friends and family or angel investors. Do you recommend people to approach friends and family and angels as you raise capital in the early stage? And if so, what would you recommend? Okay, so uh, that there's uh, so many things that depends on your situation. So I would like to explore a little bit more. Uh, it's not so direct. So uh, if you don't have track records and results, 
commonly you need to looking for people that likes you, so like people that like you. Uh, for example, people that you already uh, uh, have a, a, a relationship that you could show your potential, or people that really like you as uh, as the the proposal that you you would like to bring. For example, your ex boss or uh, uh, friends or um, acquaintances uh, with money and willing to invest. Uh, so, because in the end of day, in the end of the day, people will invest on you in this very beginning of the company if you don't have track record. So, people that need to look in your eyes and say, "Wow, I like this guy. I like what he would like to do, and I know he has potential." So, for me, it was exactly what happened in my first startup. So, of course, that it was not with actually a friend, but someone that was very well connected. And uh, uh, someone that could see the potential uh, of my team and, and myself. So I believe that if I have no track record, the, the, the path would be this one. But if you have track record, or for example, if you know a lot about this market, so you, you, you have differentials uh, because you already, uh, you already work on this market and would bring a lot of results. I'm not saying that you need to, to be an entrepreneur before, uh, before, but uh, even if you work in a in a in some company and you, you bring results and people know that you you know about it, so then you could go for more professional angels. When you go to more professional angels, the approach is quite different, different because they will they will uh, would like to have more background check about you. Uh, they would like to know more about like uh, deep conversations, like to really know if you if you if you know this this business model very deeply. Uh, but on the other hand, it's pretty good because you are you are bring to the table people that not just people that like you and trust in you, but people that's bringing knowledge for for your business and people that's bringing their their network for this business as well. So. Okay, and, and then the next step would be, as you have the traction, as the company grows, would be approaching institutional investors like, like venture capital funds. What would you recommend in order to get in touch and really raise capital from VC firms successfully? Sure, uh, it's totally different than uh, talking with angel investors commonly because angel investors commonly, they. They are people that know a lot about one specific market. And uh, like I said, when, when they are friends or people that are, are closer of you, so it's a kind of different approach. When you're talking about institutional investor, they have a process. They will compare you with other entrepreneurs. They will compare you with other business in your country and uh, worldwide. So, uh, they will have a, probably a process of uh, intensive background checks. So to understand about your life and about people that already work with you. Uh, and uh, they have data about the market. So if you are not going there with a lot of data and understanding very well what you're talking about, uh, very prob probably they will, they will like uh, contact you in uh, important points. So, uh, so institutional investors, in my, in my opinion, if you have the conditions to start with them, it's amazing because they, they bring a lot of value. 
and uh, and they put you in another level of maturity uh, of company. But of course, that it's harder. You need to be much more prepared. And how different is the negotiation process between, let's say, the 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 the, the experience or the super angels vis-a-vis -vis a typical VC fund? Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, negotiation uh, or in terms of uh, what they are expecting from you, you mean? Yeah, I, I would say in terms of negotiation, in the negotiation process, you approach, let's say, the super angel, you approach the VC firm. How, how different is the, the approach and the negotiation process? Okay, uh, so basically they will understand uh, how strong is your team? It could be, it could make sense for you. Uh, you have more leverage to negotiate because if you have a better team than other startups that are trying to do the same thing, you have more leverage to, to leverage your, your, your valuation, for example, especially in a very early stage. Because in a very early stage, you actually don't have uh, many results to, to prove that your valuation is exactly that valuation. The, uh, these, these investors will trust in what you could be. So your team, something very, very important on this, on this negotiation, uh, the size of the market as well, because uh, as much bigger is this market, it's easier to, to the investors understand how big your company could be and it could drive the valuation. Um, uh, the business model, if you already have uh, some uh, a business model that's already proved around the world, it could be easier for you to negotiate the terms. But if you are doing something that's 100% new and the risk could be higher and it could count on your valuation as well, uh, the incumbent players, if you have something that's actually uh, with the potential to be 10 times better than the players that's already there could drive your valuation as well, and of course, if you have results to put on the table, uh, it could be the best scenario because actually with resu results, you could compare with other players saying, for example, well, the valuation of this similar company in this other country is five times their net revenue. I'm having eight times the net, the net revenue here in my country. So if we compare, uh, we could like set uh, uh, valuation. Of course, that the multiple is not always is, is net revenue. It depends of uh, each model, but it could be something that helps you in this negotiation. Okay, and and going going moving into venture capital funds. Typically, the venture capital funds review hundreds or sometimes thousands of startups every year. Sure. What do you need to do in order to be on top of that, to be in front of the queue and really have access to the BC fund and, and, and sit down with them and convince them to invest in your startup. Okay. So first I believe you need to understand the risk of the market and anticipate the key questions. So, uh, and uh, I recommend you talk with, uh, with uh, ex ex experts on this market before go to talk with uh, with investors, because uh, expert will ask you a lot of very important questions. So if you can anticipate, and when you are talking with the investors, you you put this this point on the on the table, and you show that you already think about it. You could uh, you could create differentiation 
comparing it with uh, other entrepreneurs. Uh, the, the risk of execution, you, you need to mitigate, but commonly it's about team. So you need to be able to, to have the right people and show that uh, these people are with you and they already have uh, validate skills uh, showing that they, they add value in this market in the past. Um, it's important to show to them why now. Uh, for example, I just, I just read a lot about it. And uh, basically, this is one of the main reasons that businesses uh, prosper. Uh, if you are in the right time doing the right thing. So it's important you show to, to the investors, like on the, on the world timeline, that this is the moment of this wave that you are you are you are executing now. So you you can show by trends that it's happening in few places, especially if you are uh, undeveloped country like Brazil or Mexico. Uh, we have the opportunity to to check what's happening in uh, in countries that's uh, more developed than ours. So uh, we can look to there and say, wow, in the last six months or one year, uh, it's happening in these countries. We can see it's, uh, this kind of changing happening in China, in the United States, in Europe. So it's, it's coming. So uh, let's, let's anticipate it. If you can open the eyes of the investors, if you are the first one to open their eyes, it could be something that differentiates you from other, other, other players. Uh, and uh, well, I believe uh, vision. Vision is something very important as well. So if you can show that uh, this company will be pretty big, uh, what, what you can see, the scenario that you can see in the future is, is amazing. Uh, because if you are looking for an investor that would like to stay with you with the next three, three years, you are with the wrong investors. When we're talking about startup, we're talking about very long term. So you need to, to understand if you are being connected with uh, people with this very long vision. And for sure, if, if they are the right uh, investors and they see that you seek for long-term, you could, you could have differentiation against other players as well. Okay. And most of the times the BC investors, they will say no to entrepreneurs. You, you need to meet with many BC investors in order to get a yes. How do you manage that, those rejections? And, and what can you do in order to change a no for a yes in the capital raising process? Okay, uh, first of all, uh, you will hear much more no than yes. So be psychologi psychological prepared for it. So for sure it will happen. Uh, but think that you just need one yes. You don't need every yes. If you have one yes, it's enough for you. You, you, you move forward, you know? So uh, th this is one, one important point, but how to change the, the mind of investors. I believe, uh, first of all, uh, don't be concerned with every no that you are receiving. Be concerned about the no's from people that really, knows about the, really know about this market. You know, for example, if, if you are listening a no, if you are developing a FinTech, and you are talking about someone that just know about, about retail and uh, you receive a no, it's not something to, to be very worried, worried. But if you are talking about like uh, FinTech investors and they're saying no to you, 
be careful because probably they are seeing something that's really relevant for you. So uh, th this is some uh, good advice and sometimes you need to change uh, what you're doing. You need to, uh, to get this feedback and exchange and go back there and show that you change uh, something that was relevant. And uh, uh, something that's very important uh, before everything is preserve your relationship with the investors because it's it's uh, it's crazy how small this world is this venture capital world is so today you are receiving a no and maybe tomorrow you are you are receiving a please let, let me invest on you in this business you know so it's it's pretty pretty small world and uh, it happened a lot with uh, with a lot of entrepreneurs i'm also angel investor so i'm very close of a lot of entrepreneurs and it's a common story so today everybody would like to invest in this in this entrepreneur tomorrow nobody would like to invest because something happened or and later on one year later everybody would like to invest in this guy again so the, the point is uh be uh preserve your relationship and know that you will talk with the same people and with the same funds a lot of times in your in your life so if you receive a no it's like just say thank you so much for for your advice and uh understand how to use this advice but preserve your relationship uh and keep the, the door open so uh and i commonly i think that it's important to talk with investors with some often so even if you if it's just to to keep your relationship so do it because they will ask about Okay, remember the feedback that I give you. What did you do about it? And if you have some good answer, it could help you on your next round. You know. You have you have developed startups and you have invested in startups. What are the key mistakes that entrepreneurs do as they raise capital? Key mistakes, sure. Uh, I believe that. Uh, one of uh, common key uh, common mistakes is when they they're kind of arrogant, you know, like when investor uh, when an entrepreneur just came in thinking that they have the best idea in the world, and uh, they forget that these investors, especially institutional investors, they they receive a lot of a lot of business models, you know, like you said, like a hundred of business model per year, so. Uh, they're talking with a lot of entrepreneurs, so don't be arrogant, even if you have good results. So, because remember that there is a person on the other side of the table, and uh, you need to be connected with this person. So, it's a very common a common mistake. Uh, uh, other other common mistake is uh, when you are not anticipating very obvious question. So, it it shows that you are not prepared for this conversation. So like I said, you need to talk with the experts before talking with investors. Because if the investor asks you a very, very simple question and basic question, and you don't have an answer, it could be something very bad for, for this, first, this first approach. Um, so I believe this, these are uh, the, the most common, common mistakes that I, 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 I saw on the, on the first approach with investors, I believe. Okay. Any any final recommendation, Diego, for entrepreneurs who are in this process of capital raising? Um, 
to to be worried on worried on this this process you mean um yes uh, what do we as an entrepreneur what do they need to know in order to to raise capital in any final thought okay uh something that i believe it's it's important is uh work on your network i mean uh the way that you approach the investor is important like if you approach the investors like just sending an email saying hey hi i would like to show you my business something very different than if someone that you tr uh, that this investor trust present to you and say well i work with this person and or i had recommendations about this person and i would like to present this business model you know and this team it's it's very different so when you would like to talk with uh, with funds, try to research a little bit about your your network, and think if you could have a, a different path to to arrive there to 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 introduce yourself for them. So it uh, it changes a lot. Uh, the quality of the material that you are bringing in your hands, of course, that's important. Uh, I commonly I say don't don't care so much about how beautiful is the material, but uh, how 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 great is the quality of the data that is inside of the material? If you are bringing the right metrics, the right benchmarks, you know, uh, if you show that you had a extensive extensive research, it's something important. Uh, for example, before you talk with the investor, when you send to them the deck, uh, start with something that is very direct to the point. Because this guy, they, they don't have time to, to look to so many slides. You need to be very precise in what you are showing. Uh, so it's something important. Uh, and if you have results, I think it's, uh, it, it's much more no-brainer when you, you prove what, what you have in your hands. So I think it's, uh, it's the, the main advice. These are the main advice. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Diego Libanio serial entrepreneur and founder of Merced Dubairo for this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure.